you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Julia Becker-Collins. Welcome, Julia. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here today. Excellent. And I'm excited to have you on board because just like myself, you're uh, crazy about management and leadership and so on. And uh, I really look forward to our conversation. That is a very accurate way of describing me. I am people management obsessed. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. You have come to the right place, that's for sure. So, <laughs> Julia, before we jump into this whole adventure of a, of, a, of a talk, do you mind giving a little bit of an introduction to the audience about who you are and how you ended up where you are right now? Absolutely. So I am Julia Becker-Collins. I am the Chief Operating Officer of Vision Advertising. We are based outside of Boston, Massachusetts in the United States. And we are a 100% woman-owned, woman-run, full-service marketing agency. And we have been around for 22 years. And we help clients of all sizes, large, small, um, in B2B and B2C uh, work. And we are a small business. We're under 10 people. Um, and I have been running the company for about two and a half years. I've been with the agency for about five years. I came on as VP and moved into the COO role. Um, prior to this, I was at a different agency. And prior to that, I had about 10 years working in nonprofits, um, doing everything from uh, fundraising, major uh, donations to event planning. Um, doing all of the marketing for an entire organization, branding from the bottom up, grassroots work, community organizing, um, really everything you can think of. Um, if you've ever worked at a nonprofit, you know you wear a million hats, which uh, really helped to prepare me to go into entrepreneurship because you wear so many hats going into entrepreneurship. And one of the things I really love about entrepreneurship is that it gives you the opportunity to help other people become the best versions of themselves, um, which again, really speaks to the fact that I love people management, but my career path was not a traditional career path. It, you know, I went to college for women's studies. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I obviously did not become a lawyer. Um, I was not very good at school. Um, but I got into the workforce and I discovered, you know, I need more support trying to figure out what I want to do next in life, what I want to be when I grow up. So I ended up getting a master's degree in business. And, um, I found that that was incredibly helpful for me to figure out, uh, how to manage people, how to motivate people, how to do the best job possible. Um, because when I was 22 years old and I was in my first management role, I really had no idea how to manage the people that were decades older than me, how to motivate them, how to help them. Um, and when I moved on to other roles, I knew I wanted to do that because I really enjoyed management, but I didn't know how to do it the best way possible. Um, 
So when I moved into the role I'm in now, I had kind of collected all of the different tips and tricks and tools along the way, about 15 years of doing this. And I was able to help um, the team I'm working with now really kind of blossom into their own. That's kind of like the quick and dirty on who I am. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've been a bit around just like myself. So that's <laughs> excellent. That's excellent. So uh, what if we start a bit early on? Like what was one of the sort of first aha moments you had around management? Like what was one of the first things that really sort of threw you off or like you realized that you started realizing more about what management was really about? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first aha moment I think I had was that first job outside of college. I'm 22 years old. I'm a property manager for a low income property. And I have people in you know their 50s and 60s that are working for me. So decades older than me. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing. There's no training <laughs> to be a manager. Um, and you know, they don't respect me. I don't know how to motivate them. I'm doing really, really well on kind of the tasks uh, of the job in terms of filling the property, maintaining the, um, you know, how many people need to be in the apartments and working with the residents, but I'm really struggling with the management portion. I'm doing really, really well with everything except for the management portion of things. And it really opened my eyes to, you know, when you get to a certain level of your career, they're going to, you know, somebody's going to put you in a position and it's going to include people management because that's the next step, right? But nobody's going to train you on how to do said people management. It's just kind of an expectation that once you become an ABC person at a company, you will take on people management and somehow you will magically know how to do it. I jumped into management very early on because I have a very strong personality. I had had a lot of jobs in college um, and they figured, you know, this company I interviewed at, well, if you can be a resident assistant in a very large college and university, well, then you'll be able to take on this very large property. You know, I have a very confident personality. So they figured I could make it work. And I did a very good job with the, you know, job portion of things. And I really did a terrible job <laughs> with the management portion of things. And I knew I was struggling and failing, but I couldn't figure out why I couldn't figure out how to help it. But at least I could raise the red flag in my head and say, okay, this is a problem. And I know I need help with this. And I want to do better with it because I feel like I could like it a lot, but I don't know where to get said help. Is that through, I go to a conference, I go to a professional development workshop, I ask my regional manager, and there just wasn't that support out there. There was no place for me to get that help and to become a better manager. And, you know, you want to talk about failing. I failed hard. <laughs> I was a terrible manager. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, honestly, that, that is probably the number one reason why I do what I do today. Uh, the exact reason that you had there, which was the fact that, you know, in, in every size of corporation, like I've worked in huge companies and, and in many, many situations, you know, people get promoted into leadership and management roles and, and the support and uh, 
yeah, just the training around it is just non-existent. It's kind of like if you get moved to a different department, you know, there's like a month of training in this and a month of training in this. But if, if you go into management, it's like, right, there you go, off, go fly with exactly. you and uh, do magical stuff. And Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yep, I mean, 100%. I have a, a woman I'm mentoring right now who's uh, like a assistant manager level at a very, very large company. And I've kind of taken her under my wing to help her, you know, advance her career and help her along. And they, at the company, they've said, you know, you've expressed a desire to advance your career. So the next step is people management. So we're going to have you manage, direct manage an intern. Here you go. There's no, there's no professional development. There's no support. There's no help. It's just here. You now fully manage this person who's in school. And, you know, this is such a vital part of their learning experience. So I feel like managing an intern sometimes is even, you know, more crucial and can be even more difficult. And there's no training usually around that. So this young woman that I'm mentoring, she's, you know, texting me basically every day going, okay, what do you think about this? Okay, what about that? How do I deal with this moment? how do I manage this kind of situation? And I'm trying to like restructure her thinking around it, you know, trying to get her to the right answer. But, you know, if she didn't have somebody like me to work with, then the person she's mentoring is going to have a poor experience. The other people in her group are going to have a poor experience. It just, you know, it, it really ripples out if you're not doing well with the people management, you know? Totally. And, and uh, I mean, you, you see organizations where management is done well, like you see mm-hmm. it when it's, when it's ingrained in the culture and so on, right? It makes such a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, but I think, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I talk about it a lot, but it's, it's one of those basic things that every entrepreneur I talk to, any business owner I talk to, I'm like, when you promote people into a management role, give them help and support, give them training. Right. And, and like a lot of the time, like I see the difference it makes. Like a lot of the time, I work with entrepreneurs, and if they're bigger, uh, bigger business, like I work with typically with the owner and their managers. And just like literally every time I walk into a company, it's the first training they've ever had. Right. And right. you can see so quickly how, how fast things can turn around with just a little bit of a framework, with just a little bit of a uh, a support network around them because again reality is most and, and most of, of management is really mindset more than anything else it, it's not right. often very complex procedures or you know magical things to do but it's really how you think about things how you think about people how you think about situations and when you're not used to approaching things from a management standpoint which no one is then it's it's very very critical that you get some support in how to think about things, right? Absolutely. And that you're even like used to putting yourself in the mindset of thinking about things from a management standpoint, of thinking about things from the people you manage, not just from a task management standpoint. Right. And, and that's the thing, because most people get promoted because they do an excellent job, like they're excellent right. individual contributor. And that, that's what brings them into management. But the whole thing is management is not about being an individual contributor at all. And, and that whole mindset change is often very difficult for people, right? Exactly. Exactly. A company I used to work for um, a while ago, they had promoted their best 
salesperson into the role of VP of business development, but he had no concept of how to manage other salespeople or motivate them to become the best salesperson they could be. He just knew how to sell, which is great. I mean, sales is incredibly difficult. I do it. It's very, very hard, but doing sales and motivating other people how to become the best salesperson they could be are very different jobs, very, very different jobs. And he was just, you know, kind of given the corner office and said, go and not told to, you know, here is your new priority. Here is how you refocus, how you think about your job. Here is how you motivate the people that work for you. Here is, you know, how you focus on what they need and to meet their goals and it's just, you know, if you don't spend the time investing in the new managers, then it's not going to be successful. And then those people that work for them will not be successful. I think what happens so often is that companies don't see the people ramifications, but then, you know, at the end, end of the line, they don't see the financial ramifications of all these things. Yep. Yep. Correct. Correct. Now, just before we kicked off, we talked a little bit about servant leadership as well. So what, what is servant leadership to you and how do you, uh, how do you practice that on a daily basis? Absolutely. So servant leadership is something I talk about really frequently, you know, outside of my company. I've written articles about it. I've talked about it in front of large, small groups of people. I talk about it to my staff. Um, so servant leadership to me is really that I work for my staff. They don't work for me. You know, at the end of the day, I really want to make sure that all of their needs are met, that they are supported 100%, whether it's by me or somebody else, I bring in somebody else, they get the support they need through professional development or all their questions are answered. Everything they need is, ha- you know, being met before I sign out for the day before I end my week, before I go on vacation, before I get paid, before anything, that they get paid before I get paid, that they have all their needs met before I sign off for the day. And that's really a day-to-day way of uh, managing staff. It's a month-to-month way of managing the staff. It's really like how I live. And you know, an example of that is in the mornings, I sign on, I check in with everyone as a group and individually. How are you? How can I support you today? What's going on? What are you working on? And it's not in a micromanagement way. It's just, you know, oh, that's interesting. Do you need any help? Oh, okay. It sounds like you're a little confused. Maybe let me walk you through that. Let me put my day on hold for you so that you can get what you need to be successful today or this week or this month. Because a lot of times people, when they're kind of lower on the totem pole, don't, you know, they're scared to ask for help. So you need to go to them. You need to go to them and make sure they have what they need. You need to empower them to ask for help, but you can't assume it's always going to happen. In addition to that, you know, especially in the past year with the pandemic, there was a lot of companies that, you know, people higher up stayed in the company. And then there was a lot of people lower down on the company that were laid off. And that's just not how I did it. Everybody in my company got paid and I took a pay cut because my staff gets paid before I get paid. So if there's a financial ramification that is happening in the company, I will feel it before they will feel it. Because as the leader, it is my duty to make sure that they are okay and that I take care of them before I am okay. It's basically feed your staff before you get fed. 
that's, that's my job. That's the role I have taken on. And it makes the staff more loyal. It makes them stay longer, especially in a field where there's high turnover marketing. There is really high turnover with staff. Um, there doesn't, you know, in marketing, especially in the Boston area, it's we're a dime a dozen. There's so many marketing agencies. You throw a stone around here, you're going to hit 10 agencies. So they, you know, people could leave and have a job that pays more, but you need to give them something that is more than just a paycheck. They need to hear, feel that they're being seen and heard and, you know, that they're getting non-monetary benefits. We have unlimited paid vacation. We have flexible work schedules. You create your own schedule. Now we're completely remote. You know, whatever you need, we provide. And so it creates that environment. And it also creates an environment where there's not a fear of speaking up. You know, if you have to go to the doctor or the dentist, then just go. If you want to prioritize working out in the middle of the day and you're going to work late, that's fine. It's, it's, you know, it removes the fear of speaking up in general. And it also creates just a better, flatter structure across the company. Because while there is hierarchy in terms of, you know, somebody's a manager and somebody's a director, et cetera, et cetera, everybody can still ask for support and help. And they all know that I'm there for them no matter what. And I will support them no matter what. And, and I, I love that, particularly from a task perspective, right? Like the, the situation I always see is that, you know, particularly with business owners, they're like, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have the time to help my staff. I'm like, the reason you're so busy is because your staff is not the one doing the work, right? So right. really, it, it's always a chicken and egg thing, right? But at right. the end of the day, like you need to prioritize the time to your staff so that eventually they can do the things so that you don't have to. Because if you keep doing everything, uh, which many business owners do, then, you know, it's never going to change. And it's mm -hmm. like you have to invest the time and effort into the staff to get the right outputs, right? Right. And it takes time. I mean, I have somebody on my staff right now who's been with me for five years. He's great. He's amazing. I've promoted him a few times and it's, he is slower to pick things up. Not that, you know, not in a bad way. He just takes more time. He asks a lot of questions. He really wants to investigate things. And that can be frustrating for some leaders. But if you invest in the process of how he learns, he will fully invest in you, right? He'll be like, it'll take him a little bit longer. And then he'll be like, okay, I get it. That's fine. I got it. I'm done. Like, I will fully take this project from you once I fully understand it, and you will never have to deal with it again. It's just going to take you a little bit longer to get there with him. And that's okay. Once he has it, he has it. Yeah. Totally. And that's, that's also about understanding different people for different roles, right? Like, I, yes. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of general behavior and, and so on, right? And, and understanding uh, people's strengths and weaknesses and all this good stuff. And, and I've always found that, that when you start to understand people and you start to understand how they operate. So the, in the case of the person you mentioned, it's not that they're necessarily a slow person, but no. you know, when you're a perfectionist and when you're very detail-oriented, the way you learn is not by, just by jumping out and doing it, but you want to understand the concept first. And then when you get it, then you deliver extremely consistent. Right. Whereas others are exactly. more comfortable just jumping in and start doing things 
but they're often less uh, consistent in the long run because a lot of times they might be doing things but they don't always understand why or how it works or whatever. So they will often end up making mistakes along the way, right? So every right. time you like every time you deal with people, there's often trade-offs, right? But really understanding what people and what roles and understanding the, the people you're actually working with, trying to understand how they work and how they operate as individuals is absolutely key. Exactly. And, you know, being transparent when you communicate with people, giving them as much information as you can, and then saying to them, you know, there's some things I can't tell you because of how the business is run, but you can ask me whatever you want. And if I can answer it, I will answer it. And if I can't, I can't. And I will do the best job I can to give you as much information as I can in advance, et cetera, et cetera. Like, and then when you prove to your staff that you're not trying to pull the wool over their eyes, they will trust you. You know, you prove it over time and time again, and they know they can ask questions without ramifications. You know, the best thing that the same staff member can say to me is, okay, I trust you to lead this. I don't understand it, but I will trust you to deal with it. And this is somebody who five years ago would just, you know, previously storm into somebody's office and be like, well, I don't understand this and I don't trust it. So for him to come that far over five years and be like, okay. I trust you to deal with this. It's just, you know, that's a huge, you know, amount of progress. You just have to invest in the person and knowing how they, you know, what they need, what they need to be, you know, invested in the company and feel good and secure in their role and know that, you know, you have to come to each person with a different set of um, what they want and what works for them and not just expect them to show up to you with what you want. Definitely, definitely. (laughs) Now, next one, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made from a management point of view? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Uh, A million different things. Uh, Biggest mistake. Um, Okay. Well, I don't know if this is the biggest mistake, but it's definitely a big one. Um, So in that first role that I was talking about earlier, when I was very young and I was 22 and I had um, much older people working for me, I had this guy that was working for me who was in his 50s and he was very unhappy about a number of things. And I think it came out as him being mad at me. I didn't... So I knew I was in a situation where I didn't know how to handle it. I thought I could handle it on my own because I didn't want to raise my hand and say, hey, I need help. I definitely got in over my head and got into a screaming match with the gentleman who worked for me, which is definitely something you should never do. And then I needed to call in my regional manager to help deal with it. And, you know, it was not... She didn't handle it well either. The whole thing was managed so poorly from the get-go. And I kind and I remember in my head going, this isn't going well. This should be handled so much better, but I also don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this better. And I'm so mad about what happened. I really just took the whole thing personally because he was being like really just like taking it all out on me. Now, you know, looking back on hindsight, so many, almost 20 years later, I'm looking back going, he was going through a divorce. 
and he was really frustrated in his job. And I could have cut that off so much earlier and sat him down and be like, how can I support you? Do you need time off? Let's change what you're working on. Let me help you. But I couldn't see that. And I didn't know to do any of those things. And I knew it wasn't the right path to go down to go get into this screaming match, but I wasn't mature enough to understand how to handle the situation. And it was just this gut reaction. Now, you know, almost 20 years later, I have this thick skin (laughs) developed where you want to yell at me, your client wants to yell at me, whatever. I have at it. I don't care. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Obviously it's not appropriate, but it's, you know, I just think back on that and it's like, yes, it's such a great learning experience, but it was just, I'm like, it's, you should never do that, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's one thing I see a lot with with newer managers is often they they often get stressed because again, like they, they haven't gotten a lot of training and they often struggle in the role, right? And they don't know how to react. So they start both mm-hmm. getting emotional and taking things personally yep. a lot, but also they end up in a position where they're, they're, they're trying to show that, you know, they deserve the role and they're trying, like you said, like they don't want to put up their hand and say they don't know what to do and so on, right? Yeah. Because, so, and, and this happens, like I see this everywhere, but basically, when people have been promoted, they don't want to show like they don't know what they're doing. And you exactly. know, the boss, the boss is always like, Oh, yeah, if you have any questions, my door is open. And it's like, number one, I don't know what to do. Like, that's not really a question <laughs> you want to ask, right? Right, <laughs> but, right. But it, it puts people in a in a tough spot, right? And and so many people that they're, they're they're too eager to prove themselves. And and a lot of the time, like the number one thing that gives you respect from people is occasionally saying you don't know. Like as a manager and as a leader, saying you don't know is not a bad thing, right? You don't have to know it all and you don't have to be everything, right? And and people people respond to human beings that are like themselves much better than some individual who think they know it all. Oh, 100%. If I was managing the me that this happened to, and the me that this happened to, you know, did raise their hand and say, like, I just I have a staff person that's working for me and I just see this going down a bad path and I don't know what to do for him. And I don't know what to do. I just I would be like, thank you for coming to me. Let's have this conversation. It shows so much growth that you said you don't know what to do. Like I'd be I'd like want to throw a parade that the person said they don't know what to do because it shows so much maturity that you said you don't know what to do. But, but thinking back on me at 22, like it's exactly what you said. I was like, well, I was given this big job and I shouldn't say I don't know what to do because I'm supposed to know what I was supposed to do. And the other part of this that I didn't mention is that because I was a property manager, my boss wasn't at the same location I was at. I was the, you know, head person in charge at 22 years old at a location and my regional manager was a hundred miles away and I'm a less than a year out of college and I have no, no idea what I'm doing really I know how to fill the units I know how to market the space because I know how to hustle 
and I know how to get the work done. I, I know how to do hard work, but I don't know how to do complex problem solving about human beings beyond, you know, like sort of hiring, maybe a little, but that's it. I couldn't do it beyond that. And I just, I thought it was my problem to take on because they kind of handed me this huge job and said, go for it. Nobody ever said, you know, come to me if you have problems. I don't think my boss ever even said, hey, my door is open. I think she just said, good luck. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, my, my experience, unfortunately, is that even when people say the door is open, it's very rarely used, right? Mm -hmm. but, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, that is life. That is life. Excellent. Yeah. Any, any fantastic resources or anything you would like to share with the audience? So any that could be books or trainings or anything that you feel that you've benefited from hugely that others could learn from as well? Absolutely. So one of the biggest things I have benefited from that's completely free um, in terms of resources for people management and thinking about how people think and kind of making the office and the world better is I listened to Adam Grant's um, podcast mm -hmm. and um, I follow him on all the different social media channels and, you know, how marketers are really obsessed with Seth Godin. I'm pretty obsessed with uh, Adam Grant. Uh, he, I think his whole tagline is how to make work not suck. And I think it's pretty apt because he talks about really complex problems about workplace dynamics. And it's, he, I think he just came out with a second podcast and it's just great professional development resources for leaders. What happens often, and I'm sure you see this, is that the higher up you go in a company, the less professional development you get because it's on you to find said professional development. And that is the opposite of what should be happening. You should be getting more professional development. You should be finding more training, especially with people management. And so as I have kind of gone up the ranks of a company uh, very quickly, uh, I have put it upon myself to add more professional development to my day. So I spend probably at least two hours every day listening to podcasts or audiobooks or something to make sure that I'm training myself in the best ways to do people management or problem solving, et cetera. And, you know, that's how I learn. Um, I'm sure other people learn differently, but the Adam Grant podcasts, I think are really, really great for complex problem solving in a modern world. They talk about issues of diversity and inclusion. They talk about issues of hiring and firing. And he has some books as well, but I think that's one of the best resources out there. Awesome. Well, Julia, thank you very, very much. That was uh, lots of good learning and lots of good experience to share. And I'm sure thank the audience uh, enjoyed a lot as well. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I loved chatting with you about my absolute favorite topic of servant leadership and people management. It was an absolute pleasure. Excellent. And to the audience, thank you very much for listening all the way to the end. We will be back again next week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.